Hi, and welcome to Hack the Net, where every week we delve into the darkest recesses of the internet to find something interesting or even comprehensible. I'm Matt Radiator Springs Heron. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, I'm Jeff the Time Machine Kowalski. I'm Louisa Leather Top Hat Heron. <laughs> I've gone back to steampunk, I think. Okay. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm gonna go into. I'm gonna slowly transition into Disney movies and see if anyone notices. <laughs> Radiator okay, Springs one. works as either Fallout or steampunk. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it also, if you get yourself into the uh, Atlantis uh, movie, mm-hmm. you can find a lot of. Uh, gold to mine there for your steampunk. I think there's a lot of extremely steampunk Disney movies. I mean, Beauty yes. and the Beast, the, they don't... Uh, they could be all steam-powered uh, furniture, if you think about it. Well, uh, crazy old... Hold on. Are you crazy saying old all Maurice made is up and is uh, a gaslighting thing of Belle where they aren't really living I'm creatures? saying we see them turn into humans at the end, but we never saw them turn from humans into furniture. So what if they are just clockwork furniture that is turned into humans at the end and it's a horrific nightmare for them? <laughs> they do seem very surprised, you're right. Yes. <laughs> also... Together. Uh, Maurice, crazy old Maurice, uh, builds a, like a fighting machine or something. That's true. Is that steam powered? Probably, right? Yes, it is. He pours water into it from a kettle. I like that whenever <laughs> anybody does a quick pass of old timey, um, technology, they mm. like to use steam way before people use steam. Steam is Correct. extremely hard to use because it wants to explode out at very high pressure. Yes. You have to be extremely careful to use it. And they didn't have the technology to do that at the time. Yeah, I think I read a statistic once that steam, at one point, I don't remember what it was, but something like, uh, per, that, like, the, the number of steam engines there were per human on Earth, they were more deadly than, like, fighter jets. Yeah, I totally believe it. <laughs> because, like, for every five steam engines, one of them exploded and killed a person. <laughs> What power stuff did uh, Leonardo da Vinci come up with? It was mostly like clockwork, not clockwork. Yeah, um, did he pulleys do pedals? Did he do that thing that you can buy at like every museum where it's little metal panels that are black on one side and white on the other, and then they spin around in the sunlight? Seems Probably. likely. It seems like something you would do. Yeah, he, he'd but be. I'm that. talking about powering machines. It was mostly like winding up a cord that then released its tension and stuff like that, right? Yeah, simple machines. Did yeah. we say that already? That was his thing. When I think of simple machines, I think of, like, a block and pulley system, which is not... Yeah. That's one of them. A simple machine? Okay. A wedge, An incline? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, inclined plane. A water screw, and that's magic. I still don't know how that works. And I've seen diagrams. There's no way that should work. It doesn't work. (laughs) Yeah, have you ever seen one in real life? Um, If you... The Phoenicians mm, a made them, state didn't they? trick. <laughs> if you if you look at the horizon, you can't see the curve, so it's not real. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh the- gosh, are we oh. becoming the world's the internet's leading QAnon podcast? <laughs> what? Just because uh, we're dummies who refuse to refute bogus science, so we're just like, oh, maybe <laughs> <laughs> we're dummies who only believe in our own opinions about things and refuse to learn. <laughs> That's true. That is very true. <laughs> Can we put that on our uh, podcast, Chiron? Uh, <clears throat> Yep. Although, I think the fact that we want everyone who believes in QAnon to die probably doesn't help us get there 
fandom. That's Although true. maybe. Yeah, they don't know that. We're it's not like we're recording ourselves saying it or anything. They will never Ooh. find out. Uh-oh. No. Oh no. Ooh. Hold on. Oops. Better start over. <laughs> okay, everyone rewind your tape. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Matt, are you okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm just having an episode. <laughs> okay. Wind up action has <laughs> one of his classic episodes. <laughs> yeah. We're doing all the hits today, you guys. Yeah, we yep. are. It's a hey, Jeff. Episode. Hey, Jeff. What'd you do this week? Oh, boy. Not much. Uh, yeah. I started I started reading a, a comic that I had ordered a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it is by Junji Ito, the master of horror. Mm-hmm. Um, and is it he is the one in- who did that spiral one? Yeah. Uzumaki. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, he, he is, in this one, adapting... Uh, Japanese novel from 1948 called No Longer Human, mm-hmm. um, under that same title, and it is, um, not like his usual work, uh, which is usually very, like, bizarre and, like, sort of right on that line between comedy and horror. Um, okay. This is just, like, a novel about a psychopath who tries to pretend not to be that many people think was semi-autobiographical because the author of the original novel killed himself one month after finishing this book. Huh. Like, uh, Camus' The Stranger, where he's just, like, listless and commits murder because he might as well. (laughs) Yeah, he's just like, I've never felt anything, so I have to, uh pretend to be like a complete idiot clown all the time where people like if I don't if I don't make people laugh they'll notice that I don't have feelings. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh I mean that does sound like most comedians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like it's it's disturbing on a whole different level and I'm only uh maybe like a quarter of the way through it. So very, you're saying that you're a big boy. fan of the Joker now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I I've um I've become the Joker. Oh yeah. no! Yeah. Why so serious? Remember? remember yeah. Do you remember that? Why not? I am tired of uh, pretending that it's not funny about people dying. Have you <laughs> Is ever danced? Yeah, that's what he says. <laughs> Have you ever danced with the devil? Where? Anywhere? No, no I, I have. Specifically, where? <laughs> yeah, it's important because I have. <laughs> Okay, where did you last dance? <laughs> Misconnections, where- the devil. <laughs> where did you last dance with the devil? Mm-hmm. Uh, hmm, um, there was like a barn dance, like a <laughs> did, hoedown. Where, did he offer you a golden fiddle for anything? This is important. Ooh, this is uh, he didn't offer it, but I uh-huh. did steal one from the huh. windowsill from the devil where it was or from cooling. someone else. <laughs> Uh, I'm not sure. I think it might have been uh, old Farmer Brown's. <laughs> yeah, you stole a golden fiddle from Colonel Sanders. <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing this. I don't know why I'm, like, Wait, bringing us down stole, this path. If you stole a golden fiddle from Farmer Brown, that means he made a deal with the devil, and he's going to be very mad that he won a contest with the devil to get that fiddle, and now you have it? Yeah. The fiddle <laughs> is uh, a metaphor. It's a metaphor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but see, Jeff is just the instrument of the monkey's paw that is a deal with the devil. Like, you oh, sell your soul, you. you sell your soul for a golden fiddle, and then that golden fiddle is stolen, and then it's an an allegory for the fleeting nature of of something. Yeah, that's right. Contentment <laughs> that sure maybe. is. Uh, also, 
I do believe it's true that it's meant to be a allegory for the soul. But in the uh, Devil Went Down to Georgia, that song specifically, uh, mm-hmm. he gets away with both the fiddle and his soul, and he calls the devil a son of a bitch. So it seems pretty unfair. Oh. Yeah, but the thing is that that song uh, suggests that the devil's just like, okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's going to come back. He's the fucking devil. So he's in the sequel song. He keeps his oh, promises famously, he, though. He does like to play a long game, so yeah. after a while he shows up again. He's like, mm, that fiddle's not so exciting anymore, huh? You want to make a new bet? If I know literally every story about the devil, and I do, yeah. uh, oh. that that golden fiddle is going to lead Johnny to become like a drinking, boozing, uh, I guess those are the same thing, womanizing, <laughs> gambling. Well, I wouldn't have noticed if you hadn't said it. <laughs> I did, but I wasn't going to say anything. Loser, uh, mm-hmm. who's like going to waste his whole life, and then the song The Gambler happens, oh, and man. then he dies, and then he goes to hell, and the devil's like, ha ha! The golden fiddle was just a different way for me to get your soul. I don't give a shit about gold. I'm the devil. Now, (laughs) Kenny Rogers in that song implies that the gambler has broken even, which seems to me to mean that he wanders the earth forever between heaven and hell Mm. and finds no peace. What do you Mm -hmm. think of that? He he goes to Purgatorio, like in uh, Dante's Divine Comedy. Yes. How many Mm. golden fiddles were in in Dante's Divine Comedy? Fewer than two? Mm, hard to say. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in the background. You have to look That's really true. close to see it. And in that Bosch painting where people are getting tortured with musical instruments, I think there might be a golden fiddle. So. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. The devil really loves fiddles. What does God really love? Harps, I guess? Guys, I know that we're moving on because this is how we do this, but I think I've cracked that song wide open, that the devil wins either way. Uh, explain. Like I said, the devil gave Johnny a golden fiddle, and that is going to lead Johnny into a life of sin. That is going to lead him into a life of sin, yeah, you're right. And so the devil, that's great! The devil tricked him into losing his soul (laughs) either way in a contest. So we're all glad that the hero of the song wins, the devil. (laughs) Yes, all of our favorite guy, the devil. (laughs) Listen, listen. Johnny calls the devil a son of a bitch. The devil yeah. doesn't do anything bad in that song at all. Yes, that's true. Johnny's the the snot nosed asshole. The devil's just doing his job, man. I guess. What, yeah, you're right. He did taunt the devil a lot. Yeah. I think I'm better than you. That's what he says, right? Or yeah. Does the devil say that. Who says that one? You think you're better than me, huh? <laughs> No, the the devil says, I'll you talking to me, soul. the devil? I'll, I'll, I'll bet a fiddle of gold against your soul, because I think I'm better than you. But the yeah. devil says that, right? Yeah, but that's like a friendly challenge. No, that's so. mean. Not that mean. If you're just like, hey, let's, let's bet on this, because I think I might be better than you. Like, yeah. that's pretty... That's a friendly challenge. No, not better, better than you. That Like, the way he says it is not... But then Johnny think I'm says, better than you. I'll take your bet. You're going to regret because I'm the best that's ever been. That's the sin of pride. Have we already talked about this? Uh, no, but good. Okay. Yeah, he's very cocky, and he doesn't hesitate at all to take this bet with the devil. Yeah, really, the devil is, like, just giving him the opportunity to lose his soul, and he thinks that he can somehow outsmart the devil. 
But you can't. But and you that's can't. The, the devil song. ultimately wins either way. Yeah, agreed. But but can't you? The only way to quote outsmart the devil is to believe in Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. <laughs> the only way to the only way to outsmart the devil is not to play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean that computer was a metaphor for the devil in that that movie, right? Yeah, the greatest trick the devil pulled was convincing you that he was real. You need to believe that he's not real, and then you win. The greatest trick the devil el- devil ever pulled was global thermonuclear war. <laughs> <sighs> It was a pretty good trick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, you're right. It's a real Twilight Zone episode. <laughs> uh, anyway, what did you do this week, Louisa? <laughs> Wait, did we discuss anything that you did, Jeff, before we talked about the Yeah, I read the, 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 I read the, the Joker. Book. <laughs> Fair enough. <clears throat> Alright, um, I have been doing stuff that I have been talking about. Like, I don't do things that are different, but I did make potato salad this week. And man, oh, I wait, but I thought it was always salad. different. No, not yet. <laughs> oh, okay, that's later. Yeah, that happens at the end. <laughs> uh, I made Japanese potato salad, which is my favorite kind of potato salad. And I really love having a big dish of something, especially if you eat it cold, that you just have in the fridge. And then when you're hungry, you're like, mm, time for a bowl of the thing. You guys like to have mm. stores like that? It depends, because some of it is just like an albatross around your neck. I know <laughs> we talk about that every week, but um, if you, if I've got like a big bowl of like mashed potato leftovers in there, in theory, I like that because I don't have to worry about side dishes for other meals. But in practice, I'm always like, oh, I really wish I could have a different side dish than <laughs> these fucking mashed potatoes again. <laughs> Yes. I also get in that headspace where I'm like, I have rice in the fridge. I want anything but rice yes. just because I have it in the fridge, which is exactly, crazy. Exactly, yes. Yep. Yeah. But for some reason, potato salad, it tends to be what I want a lot for at least one uh, huge bowl's worth. So I make a huge bowl every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And it's really good. Uh, it's a weird potato salad because it you cook the potatoes, of course, and you cook the carrots as well and then slice those into little rings. And then you have hard-boiled egg and raw cucumber and raw red onion. So it's got some crunch. Yeah, Yeah, it does have some crunch. But you salt both the onion and the cucumber and then squeeze all the water out so they don't make your salad watery. Mm, They just make it salty. Well, that's the thing. (laughs) This is always my problem. You salt the potatoes as they're cooking. You salt the vegetables all separately. And then when you put it all together and you taste it, you're like, hmm. Do you need to put some more salt in here? <laughs> and then when you eat it, you su- you eat a bowl and you're gasping on the floor. <laughs> that never happens. I'm always like, oh, it needs a little bit more salt, though. Yeah. The last time I made stew, I put too much salt in it, and I was oh, like, no. this is so fucking good. <laughs> and then every time I ate a bowl at the end of it, I was like, oh my god, I can't swallow. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know this may or may not be useful, but if you... Boil a raw potato in stew that's too salty. Supposedly yeah. it will absorb the salt for you. Yeah, I know about that. Okay. You could also serve it with just plain rice or something. It's helpful. Ew, stew on rice. Ew. Some stews are meant yeah, to have that way. Not the, not the kind I make. Yeah, well, not the way he does it. Not the way I do it. <laughs> well, then with bread or something, or mashed potatoes aren't seasoned. I mean, I, yes. Listen, I didn't. Co- I didn't bring this anecdote okay. here so that you could present me with solutions. Okay, <laughs> it's it's gone. I ate that stew. <laughs> this was weeks ago. 
Your well, you're gonna have to eat another stew. <laughs> yes, well, if I cross that bridge again, I will remember Louisa's advice of bread or something. Yeah, <laughs> that's always my advice. <laughs> you can always imagine me saying that. Mm, how about some bread or something? <laughs> mm, I'm oh, not man. so interested in the bread, but that something does sound pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it could be butter or jam. could be anything. <laughs> Caffeine. That's the problem when I'm hungry and I go look in the pantry and then the fridge and I'm like, hmm, I want something. <laughs> that something is so <laughs> tempting. What could it be? But then oh, man, Jeff, Jeff mentioning jam made me real remember uh, I got – there's a new flavor of frosted mini wheats uh-uh. out called mixed berry that has like a little bit of jam inside. Weird. Uh, and I got some because I like frosted mini wheats and I wanted to try the new flavor. Mm-hmm. And I just had a bowl this morning. Guys, they taste exactly like fruit by the foot. <laughs> I might have to try that. Yeah. I, every you- cereal that has like goo in it, I'm like, eh, this doesn't have enough goo in it. <laughs> I mean, uh, that wasn't I- the way I expected that sentence to go. <laughs> <laughs> I I will say, Jeff, that you're right, that Frosted Mini Wheats, a notoriously dry cereal, mm-hmm. uh, is still dry even when you have jam and milk and everything all around it. It's still somehow dry. Yes. <laughs> but, man, that fruit-by-the-foot flavor, though, is real good. Mm, I might have to try that. I do like the strawberry Frosted Mini Wheats, which are just strawberry in the frosting, but yeah. these are pretty good. Yeah, I'll those get are a, good, too. I'll get, like, store-brand... Frosted mini wheats, where it's like they come in a weird flavor, like maple brown sugar or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I like that, especially because they also clearly have lower production standards. Because you'll get one that's like all frosting occasionally. This is just a pop tart. <laughs> <laughs> a whole pop tart in the foil is in the cereal box here, <laughs> Jeff. Yeah. If you open the box and there's one that's all frosting, you're supposed to put that in your milk like a bouillon cube before you add the cereal. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you're supposed to put that under your pillow for Tony the Tiger. Oh, no. no. Oh. Hey, how come no one's making savory mini-wheats? Why isn't there a That's garlic regular. Amazon mini-wheat? What oh, would you I do see. with it? You would have it with milk, because milk is neutral. No, mm. milk is not neutral. What? No, you? milk is sweet. It's got sugars in it. Well, get the one with no lactate. Lactose. Lactose in it. Get that one. You put garlic, rosemary, mini wheats in chicken broth. Yeah, I mean, you could yeah, rest. I guess you, you could. Um, uh, what you call it? Coat a chicken breast in in garlic, rosemary, mini wheat, and cook in, it. That'd that would be, be so fucking crunchy. It'd be terrible. <laughs> yeah, in, in cream of chicken soup. Destroy my gums. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hot cereal now. <laughs> no, I like the idea of garlic parmesan wheats in milk. I think this is a good idea, and I think Louisa, you're Louisa, just buy a box of Cheez-Its and put it in your milk, if that's what you want. Maybe I will. Goat milk especially, which has a weird uh, savoriness to it. <laughs> I am an innovator. There are no savory breakfast cereals. Okay, now I'm saying you, but also, if you just had a bowl of clarified melted butter... <laughs> And you poured garlic mini wheats into it, it'd be pretty fucking good. (laughs) Yeah, you'd die. You'd die before you took the last bite of it, but... I mean, Louisa, you're just describing Triscuits. Yeah, but I want (laughs) a cereal. No, I want a savory breakfast cereal. No, hey, get out of town. (laughs) 
Louisa, what you're asking is that they just put Triscuits in a box that says cereal on the outside. There's no other difference. I wanted to show on the picture on the front that they're being poured into a bowl of milk that is splashing everywhere beautifully so that I can be reassured that this is the correct thing to do. Okay, Louisa, if I Photoshop a picture of Triscuits in a bowl of milk, will that make you happy? Uh, Yes, I will eat a bowl of milk then. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You are wrong. It's a great idea. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I challenge you. I hereby lay down the gauntlet. You have to try this because you insist it's good. I want some kind of conversation if I do. I feel like Jeff and I have both made uh, homework projects for ourselves in past episodes of this show, and you were saying at one point that you don't, you never get any homework. This is your time. And I don't want any homework. (laughs) You are, you are welcome to either eat a bowl full of Triscuits in milk, <laughs> or or take the plain mini-wheats and, like, homebrew yourself some garlic rosemary mini-wheats and eat those in a bowl of milk. Yeah, I might do that. I will, give, I will give you a third option, which is to watch all of Cleopatra. No! <laughs> You're just trying to copy off my work. <laughs> That's all you want. I finished the second episode a couple weeks ago. You guys know A couple money weeks buddies. ago. Well, I'm not going to watch all of them. I'll die. It'd be like eating a bowl full of frosted <laughs> mini wheats and melted butter. Oh, Christ. What were you asking, uh, Louisa? Uh, do you know what Muddy Buddies are? The, yes. like, gross cereal co- covered in peanut butter and gook? Yeah, it's usually chocolate, but yeah, any of those is good. But what if they were savory, like Chex Mix, except mini wheats, and maybe I'll make this. Okay, that's fine. Are you going to eat them with milk, though? Maybe. That's the problem. I don't want to get... Hmm. <laughs> you don't want to vomit. You don't want to get, <laughs> get vomit all over the your That's the problem kitchen. both Jeff and I have with this scenario. No, right? the problem... If you, no. If you, just, if you just make savory mini-wheats into, a, like, a Chex mix, people have already done that with Chex. That's not a... That's just a thing people do with cereal these yeah, days. Yeah, I know, but you want a different uh, flavor profile for a wheat, first of all. Second of all, the problem with all of this is there are chemicals and processes that companies have a hold on that I don't in my kitchen to make things uh, good when you're doing weird things to them. Mm-hmm. Like things that don't get soggy in milk. And I'm afraid what I would be able to do at home wouldn't be the kind of result I'm looking for here. Mm-hmm. Triscuits don't get soggy in milk, I bet. <laughs> They're just the same substance as mini wheats, only square. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. All right, either way, I will put these things on my shopping list, and I will report back next week. <laughs> okay, great. <sighs> uh, so, have we covered all our things? Is Matt no said one what asked done? me on my birthday what I yeah. did. Matt, so. what did you do for your birthday or otherwise? <laughs> I didn't really do anything for my birthday. Uh, today oh, did is Did we announce? Birthday, so yeah. yeah. There's time. Yeah, I haven't done anything yet. Uh, but, well, I guess what I've done so far today is I ate those frosted mini-wheats. <laughs> uh-huh. They're tainted and, for you now. <laughs> yep. The idea of them. Uh, and then I played the final chapter of the Final Fantasy VII remake that I talked about a couple mm. weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm in the middle of a boss, of the final boss fight right now. I'm pretty sure it's the final boss fight. I'm like 99% sure it's the final boss fight. Mm-hmm. Um... And, uh, yeah, it gets pretty good. It's, it does some weird shit that, like, I don't know, I've heard a lot of people talk around it, but no one wants to spoil it, and I'm not sure if I should spoil it or not. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't care personally. Don't know how Jeff or the audience I will, 
I will never, ever play it. I do not know the thing that is different about the remake at the end that is majorly different that everyone keeps talking about. Yes. So should I say it or no? Yes, say it. I'm fine with you saying it. Okay. If you want to not have this spoiled for you, please skip ahead about three or four minutes. Chris, pause this episode and go finish Final Fantasy VII Remake before you listen <laughs> to the rest like of it. You're 45 hours away from the end. <laughs> you have the time. Uh, There's plenty okay. of time to forget how it ends before you get there, so... So, you guys, have you guys seen the uh, videos that have been circulating on the internet since even before the game came out of, like, Cloud fighting against a group of, like, cloaks with no people in them? No. Like, ghosts? No. Okay. So that is, like, a major thing in this that mm -hmm. is new, which is that as you're playing through the game, at certain moments, um, you start to have these visions of, like, disembodied black cloaks floating around you mm. and as the game goes on more and more of them appear and what you find out at the end is that those black cloaks are kind of in a fantasy bullshit explanation way the fans of the original final fantasy 7 game what? complaining about when the game isn't doing the thing that it did in the original one. <laughs> oh my god uh, what <laughs> So these black, these black cloaks are the arbiters of destiny who force you to follow the path that was laid out for you ahead of time. And what that translates to is every time that the remake goes off of the plot of the original, they show up and fight you. That's amazing. Huh. Which is very cool. And the big twist, big spoilers here is that, as you guys probably know, Eris dies in the original mm. uh, Final Fantasy VII, being stabbed to death by Sephiroth. In this one, Barrett dies being stabbed to death by Sephiroth at the end of the first chapter. Huh. And he's an important guy, right? I've heard of him before. He's the gun arm guy? The guy with a gun arm? He's oh, the yes. giant black guy. Yes, yep. yes, yes. Uh, and when he does, the black cloaks go fucking insane and, like, freak out. <laughs> Makes sense. Huh. I wonder if Eris is still gonna die. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this is before Eris died in the original plot, and, like, I don't really know how the game would end if Eris was still alive, because the whole point of it is that Eris is, like, the last descendant of the Ancients who has the secret to bringing the world back to life, uh, hmm. and so her being dead means that the whole world kind of ends at the end of Final Fantasy VII. Now, Supposedly is this, is this a metaphor that is quite obvious to you, or is this explicitly stated in the game? So the the thing that they say in the game is that the black cloaks are called whispers, and they are they are there to make sure that the path of destiny happens. Mm -hmm. That is all that they explain in the game. Okay, and then I and everyone else has understood that to mean <laughs> that they show up whenever it is outside of the old story, which is, like, actually amazingly cool. Yeah, I'm surprised they really got into it like that. It is pretty cool. Yeah, I I'm I did not expect them to actually tie it into the world of the original game in any way. Yeah, it, and it's weird because uh, there's a character, Red 13, who is kind of like a shaman character, kind of, uh, who has the ability to uh, sort of understand the earth and hear what the earth is saying or whatever and he's like 
yeah, this story has happened before and the Earth knows about it and uh, <laughs> it's happening differently now. Huh, so, pretty cool. Yeah. It, re- it reminds me of um, when you find out in Fargo Season 1 that it's not just a remake of the movie, but, like, takes place in the same world. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. It's it's that same sort of vibe. I mean, I think that it's sort of taking that internet meme of, like, what happens when Mario dies and you see all the Mario corpses at the bottom of the level or whatever, (laughs) and making it, like, actually a part of the plot of the game. Hmm. That's pretty cool. Does it feel like it's kind of ripping off that Terry Pratchett idea of the three, uh, what were they called? Arbiters? Watchers? Yeah, the the auditors. Yes. Um, but there were more than three of them. There were an infinite number of them. Well, three always work together, so each two yes. can keep an eye on the other one. <laughs> yes, that's true. Um, no, I think that this is... I I think that this is independently arrived at the same kind of idea. That's fair. I can see that happening. Because it's not, it's not a, that <clears throat> far from... Like, I can see peop- anyone arriving at that same idea. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> that yeah, that sounds pretty cool. That's interesting. Yeah, that's a yeah. lot deeper than I expected them to get. What's funny is, other than, like, I kind of was, was I didn't give a shit about the whispers through the whole game, because I'm like, okay, whatever, it, this is not that important, and, mm-hmm. like, you fight them a few times, and it's like, whatever. Uh, but I got all the way to the end of the game, uh, and none, nothing else about the plot seemed different, and so I was like, why are people freaking out about this? And then they stabbed Barrett to death, and I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> that's very good. Uh, so. That's the smartest thing you could do with a story everybody knows. Yes, absolutely. And, like, it's kind of a bummer because you do... The problem with making this remake, I think, as a whole has been, people want to see the game that they liked as a kid exactly the same but good mm-hmm. like good looking but that also means they want to see realized on screen the thing that they imagined in their head when they were a kid playing the game mm-hmm. and that is impossible <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> i think that it's smart for them to instead do what they've done which is just be like we're going to make the game like if we like the we want to make as designers as if we were making this game now instead of 20 years ago mm-hmm. yeah i mean it's it's kind of wild actually that Every other form of fiction kind of does that already, and that's the norm, where you have, like, a movie, like, okay, we're gonna do a movie version of Robin Hood, but this time, he's gonna be the bad guy, or, uh, you know, he's gonna be actually incredibly sexy, or whatever. Uh, That's every version of Robin Hood. But, my point (laughs) is... um, Stealing from the rich and giving to the poor is sexy, Matt. Get over it. (laughs) I mean, you're not wrong. Um... And so, like, I think it's kind of interesting that video games haven't gotten there yet, whereas every other form of fiction has, and I think this is the first step towards that for video games. That's really cool. It's nice to see now, I think we're, it's hard, it's complicated. Video games have been around long enough that we've had already a generation of video game creators who were video game fans as kids. Yes. But I feel like they really took it to be that it had to be serious and adult now, because video games were still considered to be a kid's thing. 
Yeah. And I feel like now the generation that's coming up who's played video games has seen both of those. So now they have more freedom to be like, but it could be whatever. It doesn't have to fit any of these molds. Yeah, it's funny to me that I feel like our video games art sort of started as a genuine question, then became mm-hmm. a joke, then became a serious question mm-hmm. again, then became <laughs> a joke because of course they are. Yes, I feel like now there's finally the freedom to be like, well, you could just make a game to do whatever you want, because, yeah, you can. There doesn't have to be baggage attached to it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Good. Unless you are Gus Van Sant, and they ask you to remake Psycho, and you're really pissed off that they're remaking Psycho, so you just do a shot-for-shot remake, but with uh, Vince Vaughn in it. <laughs> and do it very bad, also. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's games like that that have come out and been revamped, but it's just the graphics and sound that have changed, yeah. and really nothing but else. That's, yeah, that's the only movie that's done that, though. <laughs> okay, I see what you're saying, yeah. 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 So this uh, is the first time that they did it like a movie remake, where they're just like, hey, we're going to do a better job of telling this dumb story. <laughs> a lot of movie I, remakes don't do that, though, unfortunately. Well, they I, try. I wish that movie studios would remake, like, movies that were a good idea, but executed somewhat poorly. Yes, that'd mm-hmm. be great. Theodore not just Rex. fully, yeah, not just fully <laughs> bad movies like that one. <laughs> Uh, listen, a movie about a cop with their partner being a dinosaur could be good. I believe this. <laughs> or, like, even not a remake, but take another stab at the same idea. Like, yeah. what, what if, what if Batman and Robin was good? What if that, what if we did a, like, campy gay Batman, like, movie? Oh, that man. would be fun. No! The trouble is with Hollywood is the past 50 years have been like, hey, what if we made a superhero movie, but good? <laughs> I'm sick of it! No more. Yeah, yeah, they did it once, and it was called The Dark Knight, and it's the only good superhero movie. To Matt's point, I want to say I really liked the movie 21 Jump Street, which took the idea of the TV show, mm. but then went in some different directions with it. Yes, that's yeah. true. And Jeff, Although, you're wrong, the only good superhero movie is The One. <laughs> the, I'm not going to engage with you on this. <laughs> no, you have to, it's my birthday. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, the One, you're right, The One's the best one. You got it. So fucking Happy good, birthday. guys. I made Jen watch it the other day. She hated it. That's fine. I think it's the best movie. <sighs> oh, good times. Jason Is Statham it? tries to do an American accent and has hair. I, yeah, you know what? I do like that, actually. <laughs> See? It's great! Um, I was just... <laughs> I, I, I've been watching, you just reminded me because of, uh, actors with hair that famously don't have it. Um, <laughs> What's the IMDb list of actors with hair? <laughs> Parentheses uh, that famously don't have it. I've been, I've been watching Star Trek Picard. Um, <laughs> you ever see old pictures of Patrick Stewart with hair? That's always fun. Yeah. I mean, I've seen Dune. Does that count? I've seen I, Claudius. <laughs> Yeah, does he does he have a wig on in that stuff? Because I know he went bald very young. I don't know, actually. I think he just has a donut of hair in Dune, or like mm. the, the crescent of hair around your your bald pate. Yeah. Did you know he was one of the uh, short list of choices to play Pierce in Community? That would have been so oh much better. Oh my god, he would have been so fucking good. Damn it, <laughs> would have been a much better show. Fuck, yeah. and it it's already been. a pretty good show. Yeah. Oh my uh, god. Ah, that explains why. That explains why Levar Burton is on that series so often. Also, really, oh man, he was the best. Uh, It was just uh, 
what was that on NBC? Yeah. NBC wanted uh, Chevy Chase, so yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. Well, at least he died in it. <laughs> yep, and then in real life. Did he die? Rest in peace, Chevy Chase. <laughs> Not oh, okay. yet, but Jeff is pro- prognosticating. Jeff's taking the in... death of the author to new heights. <laughs> Rest in piss, Chevy Chase. Uh, do you ever do that where a car- where an actor uh, like dies in a movie and you forget, or like on a TV show, you forget if the actor or the character died? Yes. yes. Especially if they are a very good actor, like Derek uh, Jacoby, speaking Wait. of... Louise, I have to stop you there. Even if they're a very good actor, they probably didn't actually <laughs> die during the filming of the movie. Yeah, probably. <laughs> well, unless they're like a method actor, like a Crispin Glover type. Oh what man, that's of- the only way we'll ever defeat Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> True. That's why he retired, because he knew at one point he'd be asked to play Houdini, and he'd have to die at the end. <laughs> I mean, he definitely played famously dead uh, Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> But he didn't die at the end of the movie, I don't think. I didn't I think see he it. Did. I don't remember. I seen it and I don't a, remember. How could you make a movie called Lincoln and not have him die at the end? That was you're trying wild. to highlight his life, maybe? I don't even remember if it happened in the movie or not. Yeah, I didn't watch that movie. But my point was a very good actor like Derek Jacobi or Christopher Plummer or someone like that, when they get old enough, they are always playing a person who's coming to terms with how they're dying. Yep. And it fucking yep. sucks. I love them. <laughs> I don't want them to have to be dying all the time. Yep. Uh, there was a solid couple of years between when Max von Sydow was in the first scene of Star Wars 7 and immediately died, and then when he died mm-hmm. in real life, and that oh, yes. couple of years I could not remember if he was alive or not. <laughs> he was on Game of Thrones, though. That helped me remember. <laughs> guys, great news. The phrase, does Lincoln die at the end of Lincoln, is impossible to Google. <laughs> <laughs> Again. <laughs> <laughs> we'll never know. I got so many articles about Abraham Lincoln's real life assassination. I don't give a shit. Adam yeah. Driver got to be in this movie like before he was very famous. Which movie? I thought the one? he had already done a Lincoln. I thought uh, he'd already done a Star Wars by then. He no, on- this is three years, two three years before Star Wars. Oh. He was on every HBO series before that. Yeah, though. he was a big Broadway guy. I'm sure that's why he still lives in Brooklyn. Was um was girls? When did girls start? Twenty twelve. This is the same year as Lincoln. Okay. Yeah, but so he had his that, two he big was hits. On Six feet under. Oh, I didn't see. The that. thing is, the year he was on Girls, he won a Tony. He won the Best Actor Tony that year. Because mm-hmm. I'd never mm-hmm. heard of him before, and then suddenly, like, add Tony winner. I was like, what? <laughs> this guy. Oh man, Tony he's gonna egot. <laughs> he's definitely gonna egot, right? Um, How many does he have? Does he write Let's music? See. Uh, he doesn't have to write music, he would just have to sing on a soundtrack. True. I don't think he's a singer, is he? Um, you can get Grammys he, for spoken word. If he writes an autobiography and reads it, he mm, could win a, a Grammy for that. Yeah, that's true. Uh, he's been nominated for two Oscars, three Emmys, and a Tony. Uh, it doesn't say if he's won any of those. Mm, okay. He has won the Tony, though, I remember. <laughs> Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, uh, he doesn't have a list that's like awards. Oh, here we are. Awards for Adam Driver is a category at the bottom. Oh, okay. Uh, none of these is He won the an Independent Spirit Award. Good for a him. Gotham Independent Film Award. An MTV Movie Award for Best Villain. Nice. Pretty good. He is the best villain in all of Star Wars. That is Yes, good. that's true. He's like if they did Anakin correctly. Yeah. MTV Movie Awards, is that where you get a surfboard or the Moon Man? 
Um, I think the surfboard is the Nick, the kid's choice award. Is it? You get a pop. You get a golden popcorn bucket. Oh, the Moon Man's for music videos and stuff, right? Yeah. Okay, I gotcha. Uh, Should we get into our wiki? Yeah, Yeah, it's wiki time. Uh, We got wot.fandom.com, a Wheel of Time wiki. Yeah. I don't know what uh, this is. I've been looking at the page. I'm a, I've read a, a lot of these books. I was going to say all of them, but I think I've read 18 of the 25. Okay. Yeah, uh, this is um, the 80s version of A Song of Ice and Fire, in that the author died before completing it, oh, uh, so someone else had to finish it. Uh, George R. R. Martin is not dead yet, but he's definitely not finishing those books, because <laughs> he's like 78 years old. Yeah. Yes. Oh, if you, if you don't want spoilers for George R. R. Martin's life, skip ahead. <laughs> Oh god, I've predicted two deaths on this show already. <laughs> yeah, you're- I really hope the next two days don't go so poorly for a couple of people. Yeah. Well, Chevy Chase can... <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't be so bad. He, he can kick true, rocks, yeah. I don't care. Um, um, so, Jeff... Oh. I was just gonna get back to the wiki, you can go on. I was also. Jeff, have you read Wheel of Time? Uh, no, I thought about it, but because it is, like, 20-something books long and... Uh, the end was completed by a mediocre author. Um, I'm not really eager to do so. I mean, honestly, I read the first, like, like I said, 18 or something. I, I, if I had stopped after 10, I think I would have been happy. And it's very, mm. if you want more like uh, Song of Ice and Fire, you, I think you might like it. Yeah, maybe. Uh, they're doing, I think, an Amazon series? It yeah, shows I that see. on the main page here. Um, I did want to ask, is this meant to be a young adult series, or is this just a standard adult No, it series? was written before young adult literature was really a thing. Okay. Um, it is about young adults, but it is extraordinarily uh, not for children. <laughs> okay, gotcha. But here's the key thing. Does it have swears in it? Yes, and also some fairly graphic fucking. Okay, I was gonna say, if it didn't have swears, then it would fall into the same category as, like, Lord of the Rings and, (laughs) uh, uh, His Dark Materials, where, like, children shouldn't read this, but it doesn't have swears, so they're allowed to. I'm pretty sure there are swears. I'm, like, mm, 70% sure there are swears. Let's see. Okay. Are uh, let me there just describe this. Swears let me in. shut up. <laughs> let me describe this. <laughs> a wheel of time wiki. Uh so I'm seeing in the background it's like a city or cliffs or something. Uh Greystone. Mm-hmm. On one side there's a very anime man who uh looks like a Kylo Ren. He's not wearing a shirt, he's holding a sword. He's oh, got- but he's narrow instead of wide. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he has stringy blonde hair instead of dark hair. On the other side is, I would say this is a mist-level computer-generated graphic. <laughs> yes. Of right. A spear that has around the bottom, it looks like uh, grape leaves, but no grapes. Uh, then in the middle, there is a wooden wheel, and then above that and twining through it is a Ouroboros, but it's the shape of an infinity symbol. Yep. Um, a quick note for true believers, the anime man is a, a fan drawing of, I believe, the main character of the book series, Rand. Uh, I also want to give a, a true believers correction. The no prize goes to me. This book series started in 1990, so it's not the 80s version of anything. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> it only started six years before A Song of Ice and Fire. <laughs> huh. 
Yeah, it definitely has that vibe. I'm seeing um, there's a bit of that uh, fantasy medieval, but then sort of leaning into steampunk a little bit and a little bit of magic. And all the names sound a lot like uh, Game of Thrones names. Oh my god, the Wheel of Time has 2,782 distinct named characters. (laughs) Yeah, it's big, you guys. Oh Um, no, there's a character named Rand Al Thor. I don't like that. He's the main guy, Randall Thor. Oh, God. What's yes. wrong with that? Because it's not Randall Thor, which is, you know, a little goofy. It's Rand <laughs> Al Thor, and I hate that. It's not the worst fantasy name I've ever seen. It's not great, though. Here's something I love. There's a section, Nations of the Westlands, and there's just little flags for all the different nations, and man, I love nothing more than fake uh, totem making for things that don't exist. Yeah. Yeah, that is another uh, commonality with A Song of Ice and Fire. I love all the flags. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, look at this one that's just a bunch of bees. <laughs> I like <laughs> I also, it. there's no standard uh, size and shape like there is for most of the nations of the real world's flags. Like, they're all different yeah. shapes and uh, Yeah, but this is supposed to be in an analog of, like, medieval times, and they didn't have any rules then. That's true. Um, should I give a very brief, like... Setup synopsis for this book series? Yes. Or? Okay. Uh, I guess, but um, it does it take place in a land called Sean Chan? Because that's what I'm seeing in the featured article, and that's very funny to me. <laughs> uh, I don't remember the name of the place. It says even pronounced Sean Chan. Yeah. <laughs> like okay. like some twelve uh, year old boy's username on an anime forum. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, oh yes, I see. I always. Okay, Sean Chan. I, in my mind, I pronounced that differently. I think I always pronounced it, uh, Cianchen? Hmm, apparently not. Nope. But that's fine. <laughs> it's a kid named Sean. <laughs> uh, okay, anyway. Um, so very briefly, the, the setup of it is, this is a world where, um, magic is real, but only women are allowed to practice it because... Uh, you find out very early on in the first book that men used to also be able to practice magic, but they used it to wage war against each other. So mm-hmm. all of the most powerful female magicians, uh, like, cast a curse on magic to prevent men from being able to use it without going insane. Mm, interesting. Um, hmm. And the fir- the main character, Rand Althor, is the first man in thousands of years who's been able to use magic Without going insane, question mark? Because through the course of the books, you're like, you're starting to think that you are the Messiah, and I don't (laughs) know if that's sane or not. Well, that's an interesting idea. Yes. So it's like Dune. It is. It's very much a sort of a fantasy Dune vibe. Hmm. I like that. Although, um, that is weird that two major, uh, like, genre series have, uh, the main character is the first man in a certain order of special magicians. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that that is a tradition that it comes from a lot of mythology, where, like, uh, characters gain power from being sort of in a liminal space between the male and female realms. I well, mean that's that's huge in like uh Hindu mythology for instance. 
I think in a less good yeah. way, it's also the trope of the chosen one where, and they've talked about it a lot in modern movies, but there's a much more talented woman who already knows how to do the things, but she has to teach right. the chosen one how to do them because he's the man who's going to save the world. Yes. Yep. I will say in a twist in this one, the much more talented woman spends, who is like kind of Rand's girlfriend, question mark, in the first book, uh, ends up spending most of the series trying to stop him. <laughs> Okay. Um, because as soon as she sees that he can start doing magic too, she's like, uh-oh, I know why we stopped letting men do magic in the first place. And then as time goes on and he starts to become a warlord, she's like, okay, I gotta do this again. <laughs> I gotta get all the women together to stop him. Yeah. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, men can't be trusted. They're too emotional. <laughs> yep. Um, I, I mean... Obviously, all fantasy has a lot of, like, sort of misogynistic tropes, but I actually found the, the, this world to be pretty, uh, at least nuanced in its approach to this and not just the thing you would expect. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I think, I think that I can trust an author's impulse, um, when their, their thinking is like, generally women have the power, even if they want to make the main character a man. Yes. Yeah, um, I don't know I mean, always, but yeah. I will say it's kind of a bummer, as Louisa was saying, that like, the plot device is still a man. <laughs> like, the thing that's making the events in the world happen is, Oh, but now that a man is doing it, it's interesting again. Like, yeah. mm. what if what if you just wrote a book about a very good woman who knew how to do magic, who made the world peaceful? <laughs> yeah. Oh. That wouldn't be a very exciting book, though. <laughs> they I mean, just win. Be. I guess that is literally the plot of most of the Game of Thrones books. <laughs> yeah, that, those books are definitely about uh, turning the world peaceful. I mean... In in a under my thumb kind of way. That's Daenerys Targaryen. <laughs> yeah. In a nutshell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm. Oh, the fantasy literature section at the bottom links to a bunch of other wikis, mm -hmm. uh, including all the series we've mentioned so far. <laughs> of course. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then also one that I've been meaning to read: Malazan, Book of the Fallen. Have either of you guys read that yet? No, no. I've not heard of that. Is that good? Is that it? Is supposed to be good. I think I have one of the audiobooks waiting for me. Hmm. Um, Maybe I'll check that out. I feel like I should go back and finish this series, but that would mean, I think, starting over, because I don't remember most of it. Uh, and that's a hell of a lot of books to read. Yeah. yeah. Are they short? Like, young adult novels are short? Or are they, like, no, good they're size? about they're about as long as the Lord of the Rings books. Mm, okay. Do you think you might watch the show? I see all the pictures of the faces for the people they've cast. I'm curious to see if they can do it in a way that's not horrifically offensive to most people, because... <laughs> yeah. And and maybe they just won't go this far, because it, like, it's like ten books in or something. Uh, Rand starts to form a religion around himself, uh -huh. um, and he is like in the desert with his cult of people who worship him. Uh, and he is very clearly, and I think intentionally, an analog for most, like, religious figures like Jesus and Muhammad and those characters. Um, and I feel like anyone who wanted to could very easily be offended by their depiction of him as, like, a, uh, an angry and womanizing Jesus. <laughs> 
Yeah. yeah no, uh, I think that regardless, any TV show that comes out with any content will make someone angry. That's true. And maybe they just won't give a shit, which is fine. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I'd be into see. I, I will definitely watch this series when it comes out. Okay. I was going to say, uh, we've talked about this before, I think, but there's a weird psychological effect where if things are in a book series, no one will know about them. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of coming-of-age books that a lot of people have read at age, mm-hmm. like, 12 that they absolutely shouldn't have, according to anyone's yep. uh, idea. But because it's in a book, like, it's just beyond people's judgment. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm interested to see how the next couple seasons of HBO's His Dark Materials go. Because <laughs> yes. that is something that I do not recall anyone ever being upset about. But as oh, we, as I'm getting into the second and third books, they're explicitly like, oh yeah, God's a fraud and we're going to go kick his ass. <laughs> I feel like the same amount of kickback that people had against Harry Potter when it was just the books of like, ooh, witchcraft, though, the Bible says no to that. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I felt, I ha- I heard that same amount of kickback against his Dark Materials and Wheel of Time. Um, but no, I guess it, those are all crackpots. Yeah. And the thing of it is, in a book, I think, you have to intellectually engage with the thing in order to be offended by it. Yeah. And by that point, you at least on some level, understand the deeper nuance to it. Mm. Yeah, it's Whereas almost impossible to, to bring out a clip of some of a book to show people and be like, look how fucked up this is, which is yes. very easy to do for almost anything else. Right, and I would guess that most of the people who were offended by Harry Potter or any of these things on a religious level never actually watched the whole thing, they just watched the part to get offended about yeah. yeah, I think I think with Harry Potter, uh, because it's there's much less wrapping around uh, the things that would potentially be offensive to very conservative people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's easy to be like, well, see, they're called witches, so it supports witchcraft. Yeah. Whereas you have to kind of get through a couple layers of metaphor and literary device to get to the same thing in other books. Yeah, I don't um, remember there being any wrapping in the movies. <laughs> Not yet. They yeah, need to no, make I, those movies. <laughs> You yes. don't remember Richard I Harris doing that, that end, rap? There was that end credits rap by Will Smith. <laughs> yeah, where he recounts <laughs> the plot so of the movie. Uh, uh, Will Smith as Dumbledore? Oh, fuck, that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to figure out who he'd play, and it's gotta be Dumbledore, right? He would be so good as Dumbledore. I could see him as Snape, too. And then you, yeah, can, have, he's... And then you can have DJ Jazzy Jeff as Grindelwald. <laughs> <laughs> or as Fox the Phoenix. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I love this new 90s version of Harry Potter, <laughs> where it's being adapted, like, the year after it came out. Yeah, yeah. with Jonathan Taylor Thomas as Harry Potter. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, Jeff, your reaction to how good that idea was is surprising. <laughs> Jonathan Lipnicki as Ron. <laughs> Oh man! So I got a random page. Are we ready to get Wait, into this? Wait, Thora or not? Birch is Hermione. Okay, go on. Is Thora Birch young enough? I don't know what anybody's age is. I would have said Jonathan Lipnicki was like two in the nineties. <laughs> is was he not? Uh, I have no idea. I'm gonna <laughs> say, uh, Mara Wilson as Hermione. Wait, why can't Thora Birch be Hermione? I don't understand. She's she's your age. Yes, and I was like an early teen in the 90s. What are you saying? Those books start when Harry Potter and Gang are 10. 
They're yeah, 11. Okay. He just turned 11. Plot oh. point. Yeah. Fair. Hey, Jeff, do you know what year I turned 11? 1993. Yes! <laughs> yeah, Harry Potter came out in 95. We're talking about making a Harry Potter in 96. <laughs> yeah, but... <sighs> That's the most important three years. If you cast a kid slightly <laughs> older than 11, then by the time they're supposed to be 15, they're just a grown adult. <laughs> I don't know. That's I fair. heard Daniel Radcliffe was 17 when they started making those movies. <laughs> yeah, they just gave him uh, puberty blockers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Are you ready now, or no? <laughs> Should I keep asking? I've ready. Yeah, for let's go for it. Okay, so I put it in the uh, uh, chat for you there. It's okay. Yabeth. Lady Yabeth is a Kandori noblewoman, and Kandori was one of the nations that had a flag on the first page, and there is a flag for that nation. Uh, it's a green background with a red horse rampant on it. Uh, the yep. history, Lady Yabeth has lost four sons to the Blight, that's capitalized like some kind of plague. Uh, Tien is her sole surviving son. Yeah, so the Blight is like something that comes out when men use magic. It's like part of the mm. curse. It's like a plague. Oh man, so she really knows about men trying to use magic then. Yeah, and I think she's one of the nation armies that tries to stop Rand. Like, they, mm. they form a group to try to fight him. Mm-hmm. It gets real huh. dark, you guys. They start, like, <laughs> enslaving the women who use magic as, like, uh, weapons of mass destruction. It's messed up. Yeah, uh, there's not much else on this page for her, just which book she's, she appears in, so. I like her flag. Yeah, I like that too. Uh, the bottom of it is, um, there's a chevron to it, a uh, reverse chevron, but it, it's off-center, so one point yeah. is much bigger than the other point. Is that a thing anyone ever did, or is that fantasy? I don't know. I like, I like it. it a lot. Yeah, yeah I, I like that asymmetric It reminds quality. me of, um, uh, uh, Shazam's cape. <laughs> Yeah. It is like Shazam's cape. Shazam wears a one-shoulder cape like a um, musketeer, right? Yeah, yep. sort of like a luchador. Yes, okay. <laughs> he also has, like, a, a silk belt tied around his belly button like a luchador. Yep. Hmm. Is he a luchador? Yeah. I think he might be a luchador. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh. They should have cast a Hispanic actor in that role. I started that sentence like it was a joke, but I actually do think that would have been good. Yeah. They were going to cast The Rock for a while there. Well, he's going to be Black Adam, right? Supposedly. Yeah. You think they're going to make a sequel to that movie? I think it made enough money to make a sequel, and it certainly got good enough reviews in that it got better reviewed than any of those dumb Superman and Batman ones that they did. It's true. I want to look this pretty good. Oh, sorry. I want to look this outfit up, but I can't remember what to call it. Not Captain Marvel. <laughs> uh, I mean, Shazam, Shazam was okay. the name of the movie. Captain Marvel is the name of the character in the comics, right? But that, yeah, he, that would get me he has since changed his name to Shazam. Okay. Shazam. Look up Captain okay. Marvel DC if you want to see, or Captain Marvel Shazam. Hmm. It's showing me uh, the. No the good. genie movie. No, with... I'm getting too distracted. It's showing me the Zachary Levi, but like just only pictures of him and nothing of anything else. So yeah. I, I oh yeah, because he has a, a link in the chat to the most famous drawing from the comics of Captain Marvel. Okay, because in the movie he does not have a cape like you're talking about. Yeah, he's got a, a like 
Superman cape with a hood on. Oh, yeah. Okay, no, I, I got the saying. same picture. Never mind. Jeff, why did I you was... bother? Because <laughs> <laughs> I was already copying it by the time you said you were going to throw it in the chat. Uh, I said I already had put it in the chat. It's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. <laughs> I see it. Yeah, it's very ridiculous. And he's wearing gold lame boots also. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, it's a surprisingly this. good good movie, even though Shazam uh, does the floss dance from Fortnite in it. Yep. <laughs> I mean... You know, it's for kids, so that's fine, probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's definitely a, as far as kids' movies go, it's like miles ahead of the garbage that we were getting in the 80s and 90s. Yep. Um, I like that this drawing is done in the style of those very slightly smutty Playboy cartoons that everyone knows. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, like, yeah, it's got hyper. There's a term for it, and I don't remember, but, like, hyper-beyond-realism um, paintings. Yes. It's got very Tom of Finland vibes to it. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Okay, I anyway. wonder, is oh. is Alex Ross gay? Is this important? I don't know who that is. But anyway, <laughs> He's the I, artist who drew the picture, sorry. I got a random page as well, yes. and I got Paran Deason, Eddie Deason's brother, <laughs> who will be playing Rand now. Um, uh, but, but, but it's the greatest city from the age of legends considered to be the crown jewel of all the cities and the location of the hall of servants. Mm, I love bullshit uh, terms for things in fantasy. Same. Like, uh, on the main page, there's a thing about someone who's the daughter of the nine moons. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. yes, that doesn't make any sense. I love it. Yep. Yeah. This is what well, we talked a little bit about this when we got destiny wiki, but I also <laughs> love just like. Oh, he, he, the beautiful city was presumably destroyed in the Breaking of the World, capital B, capital W. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Breaking of the World is the thing where they cursed magic. Yeah, cool. I love it. Yeah, it's extremely good. And if you're going to have, if you're going to do a fantasy series that isn't a joke, <laughs> you have to have this, like, extremely over-the-top, like, deadly serious bullshit in it, I think. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like a lot of Discworld stuff manages to be both very serious and a joke at the same time. Yes. Yes. Discworld threads that needle pretty well, but if you don't want to be a joke, you have to go, you have to really lean into it and take it seriously. I think. Yeah, unless you're going to work on a bunch of different levels, which isn't always what you want to do. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, here's what I will say. I know that I've been talking up this book series. It's certainly not my favorite book series. It's not even in my top five. But if you want a book series that is awesome and not that, uh, like, in deep, it's pretty good. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, this is a... This is a, uh, ancient city that has been lost to wars over thousands of years, and Rand is like, I'm gonna build it again, and everyone else is like, you probably shouldn't. Oh, fuck. I love that idea, like, too. I love that idea yeah. of Atlantis or, uh, uh Valeria. Valeria. Yes! Ah! Yep. I love it. <laughs> yep. So... That's all I have to say about that, I suppose. Um, yeah, I got a very interesting random page. Did I put it in the chat yet? No. Nope. No, I'm putting it in there now. Um, it is source colon blog. The news from Mayo, 17 April 2006. <laughs> okay. 
Um, posted by Robert Jordan on April 17th, 2006 in the Robert Jordan's blog category. <laughs> uh, so this seems to just be mirrors of Robert Jordan's blog. Um, and this is, uh, the year before he died. Oh yeah. Well, this is a, sad. A running commentary on the Mayo Clinic. Oh yeah. I guess he was sick. So yeah, he's talking. This is about him getting a bone marrow transplant. Oh, this is no. very sad. That is very sad. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting that he blogged through it. Like, this is a long blog post yep. to write while you're, like, in the hospital. Oh, man. Yep. Yeah, and he really gets into every detail of all his medical issues. Oh, no! It's sad. Yeah, I'm not yeah. gonna read it. I am I am gonna look up, is Robert Jordan problematic before I start to feel too bad for him? Yeah. Hold on. Uh-huh. I think that because he's dead... Um, nobody was able to cancel him <laughs> before he died. Yeah. I mean, there's some people asking the question about whether it's sexist to write a world where women control magic and then a man savior comes along, which I think is a good discussion, and I don't think there's a clear-cut answer to that. Um, and some people say that there should have been better representation of gay characters in his books, which is fair, but other than that, I don't see anyone saying he was like... A serial murderer or something. Mm, we probably wouldn't mm. know about it if he was. To be fair, he could he could totally kill a box of Captain Crunch though. <laughs> Boo! Serial murderer. Boo! I liked it. <laughs> no, it was good. That's right. <laughs> yep. And it's his birthday, it's so birthday. you have to I agree have to with it. Right. <laughs> what was the name of Captain Crunch's ship? It must have had a name, right? Uh, the SS. I think that we covered this on this show. Yeah, why do I like remember the SS Crunch or something? That is lazy. That is poor world building. Captain Crunch's ship. Yep. Uh, the Guppy. We the Guppy we definitely yeah. talked about this before. Okay. And now I remember us talking about this. Okay, I don't like that, but okay. <laughs> what are the Captain Crunch pieces supposed to be? Treasure are they not? I thought they were nets, uh, fish nets. Nope, treasure chests is the official word. <laughs> oh, are they actually supposed to be anything? <laughs> are they just lying? <laughs> the... I mean, I think that they reverse engineered the explanation of treasure chests because they were like, this is an easy shape to make. I remember the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle uh, checks <laughs> that were in their cereal were supposed to be <laughs> nets, which they did not use as a uh, weapon. Correct. <laughs> but it was I on the box. I... I remember as a kid, when I was much more trusting of brands, watching the cartoon series, waiting for them to use nets. <laughs> like, excited for that, that to tie together. Oh, they're teasing it in this cereal. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, were we ever so young? The original Cap'n Crunch cereal was developed to recall a recipe of brown sugar and butter over rice. Ew, What? So it's supposed to taste like brown sugar and butter over rice. It's not made with rice, I feel like I should. Is it made with brown sugar or butter? It is made with corn and oats. I do not know if it- it probably doesn't have butter in it. Brown sugar, maybe. Why do they want to evoke that combination of flavors when that's not a dish that Americans are familiar with, at least Have you tried it? Maybe it's from the South. Louisa, you have to try making this. Uh, I feel like it's not. I feel like Jeff is trying to gaslight me. There's no way there's a Southern dish that's rice with brown sugar and butter on it. I googled brown sugar and butter on rice and I got a bunch of recipes. Mm -hmm. I've never heard of this. Mom's sweet rice cereal. 
hot Wait. buttered sweet rice, brown sugar, and cinnamon rice pudding. Yeah. Rice pudding doesn't count. Yeah, rice pudding doesn't count. I'm confused. I'm confused why they wanted that to be the flavor when that's not something people are familiar with. It was just some pervert on the Cap'n Crunch team was like, I love brown sugar and butter over rice. Let's make a cereal of it. Yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> I'm not high. You can't throw me out of this meeting. <laughs> you can't You can't kick me off the Captain Crunch team. I am Captain Crunch. I feel like brown sugar and butter are like the go-to flavors for every cereal, though. And I think yeah. that they were just checking off grains. Okay, brown sugar and butter on oats. Okay, now corn. Now rice, I guess. If you did bra- no, not brown sugar, I'm saying brown sugar, but if you did butter flavor and a little bit of almond extract in a cereal, it would make it taste like birthday cake. Is anyone doing that? Yes. Okay. Wait, what makes something taste like birthday cake? Uh, butter or butter flavoring is useful, and then almond extract, just a tiny bit. Huh. You know, vanilla thing makes it taste like birthday cake flavor. I don't know if it's still around, but for a while there was a line of Cold Stone Creamery breakfast cereals, and one of them was birthday cake flavored. I don't know if it used that combo, but that was the thing that they did. Mm-hmm. I know the the way you do your birthday cake cookies, Louise, is to use some uh, cake mix from a box, right? Yes, I do like to use that. It's very, like, trashy, but it tastes very good. <laughs> I was just thinking yesterday, because you posted in our Discord about... um being interested in what makes stuff taste like stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was thinking specifically of birthday cake. Like, what is it? Like, it's just cake. Why does it, why, why is that a flavor that we recognize? Yeah. They say it's almond, and I've tried that myself, and I do feel like that's probably true. You don't need very much. You don't want to put more almond than vanilla, but just touch. Mm. Uh, we said that because a friend posted a churro cupcake, which looks like some spice cake, probably, that's dipped in butter and then sugar, uh, cinnamon sugar, and then has a cream cheese frosting on top, and I'm like, oh man, yes. That sounds amazing. Mm. Sorry, I'm reading the Wheel Stop of Time wiki it. now. Stop it. Yeah, I just want to eat food. <laughs> I want to watch this I... TV series, actually. When's it coming out? Do you know? Um, mm, on I feel like Amazon there's a Prime. wiki that could tell us. It's coming out on Amazon Prime. Okay. Amazon Prime Day? (laughs) It doesn't say when, although apparently they've been filming it, and the cast posted pictures from Prague, where I guess they are filming it. Yeah. Uh, Shoots in Prague were halted due to the coronavirus pandemic. They began shooting in September of last year. Okay. So it's probably delayed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Remember the writer's strike, and then we just didn't have shows for like a year? That was fucking crazy. (laughs) Yeah, that was really weird. <laughs> Heroes just kind it. of ended mid-season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like, we made a fake ending for mid-season in case the writer's strike happens, and then it did, and the season just kind of ends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's fine. That show... Uh... They had great yeah. ideas, and then ran out of ideas. Yep. And budget. Yes. Every season finale was like, all right, it's time for the big fight to happen just off camera. We were talking earlier about great ideas that should be given to somebody new to redo, and Heroes was definitely one of those. <sighs> oh, they yes. already tried that. They did a revival of it. And no, not the, no one watched it. I watched the somebody, first episode. Somebody should retell the story of the first season of Heroes in a movie. That would actually be pretty good. That would be pretty good. They made some bold mm. choices that they wouldn't do, that actually they stopped doing once they got popular. 
Yep. Yeah. I uh, I remember the only moment of triumph of a cool twist watching that show was when Micah came back after being gone for like a season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they did not reveal beforehand that he was going to come back. And I was like, hell yeah, there he is, our boy who hacks phones with his brain or whatever. (laughs) That was pretty good, yeah. (laughs) But again, like, that was such an underused character. And when he came back, you're just like, okay, now, though, he's going to do some cool shit. And he still doesn't. He still sucks. Yeah, Yeah, it's really weird, because I think part of it is the limitations of TV back Mm -hmm. then, to like, alright, we're gonna have characters have really interesting superpowers, but they're kind of hard to do on a TV budget, so they're not gonna use them in interesting ways. Yeah. You don't even need a TV budget for this, though. His power of controlling computers with his mind could have made him literally the only character you needed on the rest of the show. (laughs) Yeah, I guess the power creep is also a a factor that kept them from using some of the characters. It's true. But when you see, like, Roddy McDowell catching him, you're like, come on. (laughs) Uh, When you say power creep, I don't know what you mean, because the main character of Peter, who his whole thing was he didn't have any powers, and it was very good, by the end of the show was a guy who could absorb every power. Uh, No, that was by the end of the first season, because then in the second (laughs) season they gave him a virus that took away that power, because they realized about how power creep would ruin their show. Yeah, it is, uh, it's like a very fast creep. It's like power leap, really. (laughs) That pilot episode is so amazing. This man who's dealing with the thought that maybe he's special, even though he's always been the shadow of his older brother, and then at the end you find out, no, he's not, and his fucking brother can fly- Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Especially because his brother sucks so bad. That guy was the worst. <laughs> I don't remember. I think it was on Stop Podcasting Yourself that they talked about it, but it reminded me that there was like a big plot point of that show was how conflicted his brother was about like, oh, it's actually bad that I can fly. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck are you talking about? It's not like you have like lava tears or something that you can't control. You can fucking fly! Yeah, you're gonna instantly win your Senate election. All you have to do is fly into one press conference and land on the stage and be like, hello, and then everyone will die from shock. More importantly, if your flying is a curse, just don't fucking do it! You don't have to! The fuck is wrong with you? We're like... Oh my god. Just fly at night, no one will notice? (laughs) God damn, what an asshole. (laughs) It's the X-Men problem, too, where it's like, oh, it would be bad to have a cure for the X-Gene. Like, yeah, I guess it would be bad if you're just an immortal hunk, but, like, (laughs) it would be pretty good if touching people kills them, and that's your superpower. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, every time that there's that, like, oh, we're protesting outside the building that cured mutants, like... The, and it's clear that they're like, mm, this is a metaphor for people trying to find, you know, cures for gayness or whatever. And it's like, no one has a kind of gayness where they explode everything around them every time they open their eyes. <laughs> yeah. It's it's very strange. Like, I, I think if I was going to do an X-Men comic, one, it would have to be extremely political. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I would want would be those people would be the bad guys. Like, Rogue would be going up and getting her uh, mutant cure, and they'd all be protesting out the, outside the facility. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can draw your own parallels there. Yeah. <laughs> and then Deadpool comes in, and he's like, ha ha, I know I'm in a comic. 
Yeah, he'd be there. And then, um, <laughs> uh, um, Magic and, uh, Colossus would be there. <laughs> and their siblings. Okay. Yeah. And then Captain Britain murders, uh, the US government one at a time. No, all at once. Oh, okay. He just, like, uh, crashes into a press conference, and they all die of shock. <laughs> He's drunk, he didn't mean to do it. He flies into a press conference and is like, actually, I know how to fly, and everyone dies of shock. <laughs> yep. Uh, no, he's British, he wouldn't crash from being drunk. He's always drunk. <laughs> yeah, he has the power, he has. he is the mm-hmm. superest of being British, which means he can do things while he's drunk. <laughs> yep. he's one power. He's he's the spiritual multiversal embodiment of uh, Britain, yep. kind of like the Queen. Isn't his thing? Because I barely remember him. Isn't his thing that he has like um, uh, Excalibur or something? Like, isn't that one of his yes. things? Okay, which is confusing because there's also a group of X Men called Excalibur, and they're a different thing. Mm-hmm. I think he's on Excalibur. Well, isn't that's he? dumb. <laughs> that is very dumb. Also, when King Arthur comes back in the hour of Britain's greatest need, he's going to be pretty pissed off that there's a guy who's already using Excalibur. I right? think Captain Britain is supposed to be like a reincarnation of King Arthur. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. I think he is returning in the moment of Britain's greatest need. Does he have a pal who's a Merlin though? He has a pal who's uh. a dragon. Hmm. He's friends with someone who I think is just a secret agent that doesn't have superpowers, which is always a fun character. A real Agent Coulson type? Yeah, but, like, he's an asshole. Okay. Like, Agent Coulson was nice, and that was, like, what was fun about him. Mm-hmm. Was he nice? Yeah. Yes! He tried to do the right thing. Uh, listen, I'm not saying he wasn't a good person, but was he oh. nice? Yeah, probably not. I don't think He wasn't that. mean. He certainly wasn't mean. Yeah, he wasn't mean. I mean, he was he was nice in the way that when you meet strangers at, like, Comic-Con, they're quote-unquote nice, but they are just kind of assaulting you with emotionless uh, text until you run away mm. from them. What? <laughs> what are they saying? At Comic-Con? <laughs> yeah, have you ever been to, like, to, like, a Star Trek convention and you meet a stranger and you're both in line for the same thing and they're like, oh, yeah, are you, like... Are you a fan of Doctor Who as well? And you're like, yes. And then they just start reciting facts about Doctor Who at you until you're like, okay, sorry, bye. Now I get what you're saying, but the way that you said it is so The way you said it made you sound like a robot. (laughs) Don't you just hate when people transfer text files into your mainframe? They overload all your systems, it's so rude. (laughs) Uh, Guys, I'm being DDoSed right now. Uh, on your birthday? Oh, it's so sad. Yeah. <laughs> you never should have revealed it was your birthday. Is the problem. Oh, Jesus. All right. Um, let's end the show. Yeah, that, yeah, that's fine. Are we done? Did we do an hour? Sure. Oh, yeah, we did like an hour and a half. Yeah, cool. we're good. Uh, read Wheel of Time if you want to read a, a kind of okay fantasy series. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of time right now. Yep, a whole wheel of it. <laughs> like a wheel of cheese. <laughs> uh, okay, if you like the show... Please rate and review us on iTunes and tell your friends about it. I know a lot of people are hurting for content while they're in quarantine. So, like, genuinely, if somebody's like, I'm bored during quarantine, tell them to listen to our show. It couldn't hurt. You can appreciate every episode from the comfort of your own home as long as you have internet access. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us. No, don't email us. You can find us on Twitter at HackTheNetPod. 
Uh, or you can join our Discord by messaging one of us on social media. I'm on Mastodon, at Matt Heron, at Mastodon.cloud. I'm also on Mastodon, Mastodon.cloud slash at JK. I don't post there a lot, but sometimes. Uh, I used to post there uh, threads of movie trailers when I would go to the movies, but um, the movies don't exist anymore and never will again. So follow me on Instagram and Snapchat. Uh, I don't really post to Snapchat either. <laughs> Instagram's a better bet, but both of those are JeffJK. Uh, Instagram's your best bet because I post pictures of my cat and my Animal Crossing Island on Instagram, and those are the two main things I've got going on right now. Okay, you can find me on Mastodon at Louisa at Mastodon.xyz. Alright, gang, well, thanks for coming out. Um, please uh, come back next time, but in the meantime, here's another one for you, Claus Bloor. <laughs> uh, hang tight out there, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's always different, but it's never good. <laughs>